0: Coming up today, we talk lumberjack fishing. The regular season is done, the tournament of champions, and the state tournament to come, and we could have up to six lumberjack anglers there. Chris Haley has the details, plus, we start the first of a two part interview with Mike Rockin Haruza, or Mountain Mike, depending on which Mike Harusa you're talking to. We just get started on Alaska fishing. It's all coming up today on Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Fishable keys, tackle box in my hand, gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pull it in a big catch, makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four stroke right in the back. Cause the fish is all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing for buggin' country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. The regular season is done in the high school fishing scene, and we have some lumberjack anglers that are getting ready for postseason. Joining me today, Chris Haley, are you the coach of the fishing team? Is that what they call it in, in lumberjack fishing land?
1: You know, as far as lumberjack fishing land, I guess... I'm the coach, but, you know, as far as high school goes all the way across the state, you know, each high school team has an individual that is considered their coach. I don't necessarily coach these kids on, you know, we go out and we practice every day. You know, I show them techniques. I give them pointers if they ask and everything like that. But uh, as far as the coaching goes, the coaching part and my responsibility is making sure that everybody's squared away for these tournaments that um, you know what you need to do, that you have everything, you know, know, to fish in these tournaments.
0: So uh, this is the second year of the Lumberjack uh, fishing team, and you just uh, wrapped up your last qualifier. Uh, Where are we sitting as we get into the two big tournaments of the year? Well, actually, we um, we had uh, pretty much we only had
1: eight teams out of the 12 that really competed throughout the summer. And I'm thinking we had two teams that qualified on Mille Lacs for sure. Uh, The team of Nathan Vleck ended up qualifying yesterday because even though they weren't in the top 20, they were close enough to the top 20 that with the number of teams that were probably ahead of them that have already qualified since you can only qualify once, that the number would have pushed down far enough that they're probably going to make it in. So I think we're going to end up having three teams out of the eight that qualified. And we had a couple other teams that came so close. I mean, it was a really good
0: year. I'm just really proud of these kids. So um, how many kids do we have in the fishing team? When we
1: started out, we had 24 kids that, that said, that, you know, we want to be part of this. But when it came down to actually signing up for all the high school qualifiers, it really kind of boiled down to eight teams, which is 16 kids.
0: Okay. pretty good. They're pretty good anglers, aren't they? They are, you know, and that's the nice thing. It's like
1: I, I, I just can't say enough how proud I am of how these kids do it because it's not me, you know. People know my name in, in the fishing community, but it's not me taking these kids out saying, I'm going to show you how to do this. No, these are kids that their own parents have been fishing with them their whole lives, and they're, they've got a passion for fishing, and they're going out and they're living their dream. And fortunately, I just get to be part of helping them realize the next level of that dream.
0: I think what's impressive is anglers at that age who are, you know, forced to, to fish a, a bunch of different waters, being able to make that adjustment as quickly as they do.
1: You know, and I've always said that for years, I've said that, that I think that anglers that are from northern Minnesota will outfish anglers from other parts of the country just because we have to fish so many different bodies of water and so many different patterns as far as dealing with weather. I mean, it could
0: be 90 one day and it could be 45 the next. yes yes that that is not an exaggeration either so who are the three teams that are going well right now kev the the two teams that i know of for sure are jacob
1: slough and nick meyer and tate hammett and connor connor savard and those people that are hockey fans in the area will recognize tate and connor because you know they're both varsity hockey kids the third team that i'm pretty sure they're going to make it in after yesterday's tournament are nathan black and Evan lesson Mole. So, because um, they finished like 23rd, and I know that there's probably at least three teams in that top 20 that have already qualified that's going to put them into the top 20 for qualification. Nathan Fleck was, he was one of the team members from last year that kind of scrambled this year to find a partner to fish with. And he was just, he told me the week before, he says, I need to, I need to qualify. This is my last year. I graduated, I'm
0: a senior, and I need to qualify, and I think he went out and did it. Well, you know, that's, that's the interesting thing is it's, it is kind of um, an individual sport in that, as you noted, you are not going to be the guy that's on them, making them run laps or anything like a traditional sport. It's, it's kind of self-motivation. Exactly. So, Chris, uh, what, what was it that got you involved uh, with this to begin with? Oh, you know, I was part of the university
1: team for a number of years. And then uh, I was, I had Jason Barr, who started the Brainerd team probably eight years out to me, seven, eight years ago. And he said, you know, Brainerd and Bemidji, they've always had this rivalry. I would love it if you would come alongside and start a Bemidji team. And, you know, I was doing the university thing at the time and i'm like i just don't know if i got enough time to do it and so i turned him down and then he went off and he started the really kind of the baseline for this whole high school thing exploding i mean he has to be able or he's got to be given the credit for really taking this high school thing to where it's at right now jason barr from brainerd high school But um, after we hosted the National Collegiate Championship here from Bassmaster a couple years ago, when I was part of that, and basically, you know, helped to put that whole thing on, I thought somebody's got to start a high school team. And when nobody did, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to step away from the university thing, and I'm going to start a high school thing. And that's where I'm going to put all my passions. And that's what I did last year. And now, we got incorporated over the last year. We got a 501c3. We were able, before the COVID thing hit, we were able to raise enough money so that none of these kids have to actually have their parents spend any money for them to be part of this. If they want to be part of it, they can be part of it. And that's, that's my whole thing is I am never going to tell a kid you can't go fishing. And I just I want to make sure that that happens no matter what.
0: Chris Haley is the coach of the Lumberjack Fishing Team. They, they think they've got three teams, two for sure, getting ready for the Tournament of Champions and the state tournament. We've got a lot more to cover with Chris in just a little bit. But up next, Rockin' Ruza is back. I chased down Mike Ruza in what he calls the last frontier, and we'll get part one of a conversation on Alaska salmon fishing with Mike Ruza next. This this is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. We are headed north to Alaska to check in with Mike Ruzza, who's been up there catching salmon. And how's it been,
2: Mike? The frontier has been uh, pretty good this year. Um, the king fishing. Again, we've had some issues. I, you know, I'm, it's, you hear it both ways. Uh, it's whose fault? It's climate change, all that. All all I know is that it's been off. We were able to catch and release and we caught some really big ones, you know, uh, up to 60 pounds. So, uh, you know, it was pretty good that that closed. But then the sockeyes started coming in early July and, uh, that's been holding us over pretty good. The pinks start coming in, so we've had uh, pretty much a lot of action for a while.
0: Okay, so so the kings
2: are having a tough year, and they they the limited king, it to the kings are the king fishing is mid May till the end of July. That's and and the first run they call it in the Kenai until the end of June. They call it the first run of kings, and that that was really low. They they have a counter in it, you know, so I was really low not not good you know so we we weren't even fishing then july 1st started um the uh second run they call it till the end of july
0: okay
2: and uh they were anticipating a little better run but it didn't happen so all it was for about two weeks was catch and release um but we did have some pretty good you know not a lot of people were fishing them but um you know i went out a couple days and uh but one day i you know got a really nice 61 pounder and, and you know we release them it's kind of like musky fishing you know you get them up to the boat up here you can't take them out of the water so we just get them up to the boat and kind of i take a quick measure you know to get an idea on the weight and uh, take a quick you know with a stick and we okay. let them go but they were hitting pretty good there was no bait allowed and when I say bait up here, like, for fishing, it isn't what we're used to down there where you hook, like, a leech or a minnow on. It's the scent. So, uh, you know, we'd like, well, for kings, we'll be using a plug. So we take a piece, just fillet a little piece of sardine, maybe a uh, about one inch square, and you uh, put a little slit in it. You put it on the belly of the plug, and you use this real fine thread that's uh, almost like... Um, thread you know real fine something you wrap it around that holds it on and that gives it scent because salmon again different from what we're used to everything is scent related that's how they find their river they were born in is through the scent so it's like deer hunting almost some of the guys got rubber gloves on they don't touch their (laughs) plugs wow you know it gets intense
0: And, and so we're fishing for what now sockeye
2: sockeyes yeah been really good in fact yesterday i said i'm done with them you know they've been we've been having really big pushes of them and and you know they're phenomenal eating if you go to the grocery store there's down there they're about 17.99 a pound of course up here we have no possession limit so you can go out every day catch a limit and then you uh, uh you know as long as you preserve them which is freeze them you can go out the next day and catch more and more so uh, i have a valuable freezer up here full of stuff and i know <laughs> you want to get into it but not happening because you locked me out last time I was there.
0: (laughs) Um, That's right. So how many variations of salmon are there?
2: Well, uh, in in the uh, Pacific salmon, there's five species. There's king or chinook. There's coho, which are silvers. There's sockeye, which are reds. There are pinks, which are humpies. Now, on the Kenai River, uh, we only get those four, uh, the five. The fifth one is, uh, chum or dog salmon, they call them. Uh, I actually saw them sold down in a store down in Minnesota. They called them Keta, K E T A. I had no idea what it was. I had to look it up because, and it's dog salmon. I mean, that's the bottom feeder, and they were selling, <laughs> selling them in these stores. I went, Ooh. You know, I mean, they're, they're okay smoked, but they're the bottom of the, uh, what's good to eat, you know, and, okay. and the, you know, what people would eat. So, and, uh, even years on the Kenai, we only get the Kings, the Sockeye and the Silvers every year, even years, the pinks come in. So it's an even year. So we got, uh, pinks are coming in like mad. And, and, uh, like yesterday evening, my daughters are here. We were just fish. You just fish them offshore trying to get some Sockeye, the reds. And it was every cast, you know, they had a pink on and you got to weed through them. I was out yesterday afternoon, I thought I'm gonna get my last few sockeye, same thing, getting some pinks. Ended up, it's three fish a day, but the silvers count with the sockeye. You can have two silvers a day, or, you know, or a combination of three with the, or three sockeys, but only three fish. So I had two sockeys, and I was flipping, and I banged a really big king, probably about 10, 11 pounds. And, uh, that was fun. I had my fly rod and good fight so they're starting to come in and we're starting to go more uh from now on i'm going to just be fishing uh the silvers
0: so how long does this whole salmon uh fishing run last if you think about all the different types
2: we you know it it the salmon in the river starts well in in a normal year we you can start catching kings around you know, late May and early June, when we have a good first run. Like I say, the kings have been up and down. It hasn't been that good, you know. So that, then, the first run about uh, about the fifth of June, we get what we call the first run of sockeyes. They're called the Russian River sockeyes. Sockeyes need a lake in the river. To only um, how do I work only rivers that have a lake in them have sockeye. So you know, which the Kenai has two lakes, but th- these fish go up in the Russian uh, River into the Russian Lakes. So they're the kind of the first run, and they don't stick around here much. They blow right through us, and uh, so you can catch a few down. I'm lower. I'm at river mile 14 of the Kenai, and uh, but you go up to um, uh, about I want to say mile 60 or so. The Russian River comes in, and those salmon go up that river and up into the lakes up there. So. Um, And that's kind of what people start. That opens about June 10th or 11th up there in that area. And that's really crowded, you know, because it's the only game going.
0: There are a ton of amazing things going on in Alaska as far as fishing goes and hunting, too. We will talk in-depth of Mike Caruso tomorrow. But up next, we check back in with Chris Haley and discuss more of the big events coming up for the Lumberjack Fishing Team. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country presented by Northland Fishing Tech. Chris one of the things I love about living in small town America and, and certainly this particular small town and you know I think you could see that in any small town around here is there 's always a great amount of support for youth activities and youth sports of all kinds but the in particular the fishing and boating community uh, that business community is thrilled to see uh, that next generation uh, are, 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 and, and an avenue to build up that next generation and they 've been very supportive well it 's a life sport i mm-hmm. mean
1: you know, I'm, my son is, you know, he's a, he's a out on the varsity football team. Do I think he's going to go on to college and play in the NFL? No, he's not. But he can fish for the rest of his life. He can teach his own kids how to fish, or he can teach the neighbor kids how to fish. It's a life sport that we can share with anybody. You don't have to have some athletic ability to be successful in this. And that's what the great thing is about fishing.
0: The other cool thing about high school fishing is um, there's not a limit. You know, in football, it's got to be 11 a side. In basketball, it's five. In hockey, it's six. In baseball, nine, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, As many kids as want to fish can fish, correct? Exactly. Wow. So that, there's no limit to, to the number of kids that can be on that team and can fish in the tournaments. If they make the dedication and they, they do what they need to do, they can be out on the water.
1: Exactly. And you know what? There's enough business out there right now that that we love this, we want to support you, and we want to help all these kids fish that, I mean, it's not like hockey where you have to spend thousands of dollars a year for equipment and traveling and everything like that.
0: We have the Tournament of Champions coming up. Explain what that is exactly. The Tournament of Champions... It's a
1: it's a qualifier event. You have to qualify for it. And we we were supposed to have four events this year that, for qualifiers. But because of the COVID thing, we our first one was canceled. So we basically had, well, actually, there was five qualifiers, but we only participated in three because nobody wanted to drive down to the Mississippi River down by Red Wing to fish. But um, <clears throat> our kids competed in Leech Lake, Mille Lacs, and now just yesterday in Gull Lake. And what they do is they take, you can only qualify for the tournament champions once. So there might be kids that were in the top 22 or three events. So that means that those positions would move down to the next one. So it's possible that a team, like I said, with Nathan Black, I'm I'm going to be surprised if they don't qualify Okay. because I think they were in 25 or twenty-seventh. but you know, When you've got the teams in front of you that have already qualified, then that bumps the top 20 teams down for each event. So I'm pretty sure they're going to end up qualifying. And then that's that's the only way you can get into that tournament. Now the high school tournament at the end of the season is an event that all of the high schools get three teams. And that's up to the coaches. So I can choose those. But I've told the kids, you know, right from the start, that this isn't going to be a favorites-type thing. It's going to be purely based on how well you do during the season. So those top three teams that qualified for the Tournament of Champions are going to go to that high school event. Now, the high school event is different than all the other tournaments. The qualifiers, you're fishing for yourself. The Tournament of Champions, you're fishing for yourself. The high school event, all three teams, all of their fish get added together so that the top seven fish between those three teams are what qualify for the state championship. So we're going to have six anglers out there trying to catch the biggest seven fish that they can over one day.
0: Okay. And, and where is that held? That one's going to be at Mille Lacs Okay. in September. Ooh. That well, could I be some Smalley,
1: big fish. I can hardly wait. <laughs> uh, you know, it's going to be wonderful. Fall small fishing is going to be amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you love doing this. I do. And, you know, I tell people all the
1: time that, you know, I, I coached my son in youth football and youth basketball, and that was one thing. But my most rewarding times were when I didn't have to coach him, and I got to coach other people's kids. And mm-hmm. so now next year will be Tyler's last year, because he'll have graduated, and they get to fish or fish for their uh, senior summer. But after that, I get to coach some other people's kids and, and teach them everything that I've learned over the years, and I can hardly wait for it.
0: Okay. And we're going to be checking in with the uh, the students uh, as they get closer to that tournament. Again, the Tournament yes. of Champions is what date? I'm not exactly sure what the date is. I know it's the end of August. Okay. So um,
1: I'll be you know reaching out to you tomorrow after, uh, after I get that email from you, but we'll get those kids... That are all qualified for that together, and that you could interview them because, you know, this is really is about the kids. I, I hate the fact that you keep wanting to talk to me when <laughs> it's all about the kids. I want the kids to be on the radio because well, this is what it's about. It's about them.
0: Absolutely, and I lo- love to talk to them. You're just my conduit, and I just happen to run into you today. So,
1: right.
0: <laughs> Well, Chris, we appreciate what you're doing for Bemidji fishing. I, I'd love to see a day when we got a uh, hundred and some anglers out there. I think that's probably going to happen. It may take a couple of years, but we know there's a ton of kids around here who love to fish. It's a great activity, and i I just think it's a matter of time before uh we we've got uh, triple digits kids in this program.
1: Oh, I totally agree and and when we get to that point, it's not going to be it's not going to be just about bass fishing. That's what, you know, we've talked about right from the start. You know, the kids that, that were there like Jake Slough, that has been, you know, just a pillar of this whole starting the thing. We want to get to the point where it's not just bass fishing. We, you know, where we go out and we have derbies here where kids can go out and fish for whatever species they want. Their, their parents don't have to be bass fishermen for them to feel like they have to be part of this team. And, We'll have awards and, and trophies and everything for that. That's kind of what Brainer does now, and uh, you know they've got a core group of kids that go out and compete on the bass circuit. But
0: the vast majority of their kids just only go out and compete in these little local derbies. It's two years away. Chris Haley is the coach of the Lumberjack Fishing Team. Again, we're going to hear from the anglers who are in the Tournament of Champions and, and the upcoming state tournament. Uh, later on this month, Chris Hanks for taking time today, getting us caught up. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kev. Have a wonderful day. They